Hello, fellow songwriters, and welcome to the third episode of the How Songs Are Made podcast, where we talk to notable artists about their songwriting process. I'm your host, Trey Xavier, and today we're going to be talking to Dean and Ollie of the technical death metal band Archspire about how they wrote their most recent album, Bleed the Future. First, a couple quick factoids about Bleed the Future. It was released on October 29th of this year. It was produced once again by Dave Otero at Flatline Audio, who also produced their previous album, Relentless Mutation. Uh, Bleed the Future hit just a a ridiculous number of Billboard um, numbers. I'm not going to list them all, but notably, uh, number two on the top new artists, uh, number five on current hard music albums, number seven on Heat Seekers, and just a slew of others. Uh, and the band has just announced their Tech Trek 5 tour with Entheos, Inferi, and Volvodinia. So please give a very warm welcome to Dean and Ollie from Archspire. Hi. Hello today. Hi. What are we doing here? Can I just make chewing sounds? By <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's it's ASMR. It's an ASMR stream. Absolutely right. disgusting. Never used a microphone before, so this is very exciting. <laughs> I can tell you got that mic technique. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try to cup the podcast mic. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> you should do that. Get that. What's it called? The proximity effect really working for you. Don't confuse this with your technical mumbo jumbo. All that jargon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what these things do. I just. Uh, Jeez. Now I'm going to ask the question that I start every podcast with related to your, you know, to the new album. And the question is. What's this music about? Mm. And I don't want to hear, oh, it's beautifully played. Oh, listen to this blast. No. Fuck it. Bring the fucking danger back in the music. <laughs> what is that? That's a joke from your album. Oh, um, that's oh. for our album. I haven't actually listened to it yet. Oh, not, it's, it's not very good. It's not, it's not very good. I they put that on there? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Probably um, just breaks up the whole album. The, yeah. The yeah, flow people, of it. People well, must complain about that a lot. Yeah, they probably don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, it really takes me out of the experience. Oh, yeah. And, uh, we had a few of those comments. Oh, great. yes. Yeah. A few yeah. Of those oh, yeah. It sucks that you guys have to listen to what people have to say about your album. Like, remember back in the day, you could just, like, put it out, and then, like, the only people whose stupid opinion you'd have to hear would be, like, so, like journalists doing reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Shit or, like, our family you know? being, like, don't... Uh, <laughs> shark <laughs> sandwich. When, when are you going to pay... Shit sandwich. Um, shit sandwich. When are you going to pay rent? Yeah, that was that was a little clip from uh, Spencer's buddy, who really hates our band. Is that unusual? He's German, so, so you know, he kind mm. of likes to hate it, probably. But you know what's funny? Is that when we said, uh, or when Spencer said, hey, do you want to be on the album? He was very excited about that. So... <laughs> I hate your band. Yes, I want to be on your album. My band wants yeah. me to be on their album. Now, that's something. Go. That is something. Okay, so the real question, actually, is what was the songwriting process like for this album, and how was it different from previous albums, if at all? We tried writing, like, every day. Oh, uh, for a little God. while, and that drove everyone fucking crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we kind of tried like a bunch of different methods to sort of like get the peak writing performance out of us. Like, you know, we realized five days a week was just crazy, which we didn't do before for the last albums. Uh, then we went down to like three days, and that kind of helped us out. So I think we we're just trying to figure out how much to get together and how much that would, you know, if it would drive us crazy or if it would be more productive. Uh, that was one thing that was a bit different about the writing. Yeah, it turns out that if you try to make it into a real a real job, then 
it's no good. Yeah, like two hours of writing, and then we're like, okay, fucking nightmare. Let's get out of here. <laughs> I, th- I think um, the problem is that when you write five days a week, Monday to Friday, you know, let's say it was kind of varying time. Sometimes it would be in the morning. Sometimes we would write at like 10 a.m. because that was the only time that everybody could do it, which yeah. is really weird. Um, and then other times we do it at 7.30. But you don't really have much time to like digest the information that you wrote from the day before. And let's say you have like a really good weekend where you write a riff or two. You waste all, you spend all those on Monday. And then Tuesday you might, you might be like, oh, how do we link those together again? And then Wednesday you're like, I got nothing. And then you still have, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to fill the time. Yeah. So it's a frustrating thing. But also what I'm hearing is that you guys write together, all together, mostly. Yeah. Unless someone misses a jam and then we make riff names after them. That's like as brutal as you can go. Well, I remember you telling me that you guys are very, very serious about your practice rehearsal schedule as a band, um, which makes sense because how how else are you going to pull that shit off? Like you can't have... You know, you can't be like, no, it's cool. We'll we'll pull it together on the night. There's one and a two, you know, like you got to fucking do it. But it's interesting to hear that you were trying to be as disciplined with the writing and it didn't quite work. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we, we definitely were disciplined with the writing. It's just we had to find the right balance of like time off versus time in, in the rehearsal space. So like three days a week was like a good balance for us where we're doing like you know, I, I don't know if we did Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but I feel like we probably did a couple of days in a row. You know, we used to do like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like way, like way back early in the band. And then it would give you a lot of time to kind of digest what happened. Now that none of us, other than Ollie working at Subway, which uh, after this interview, there's no way he's going to keep his job, uh, which is probably for the best. Well, I quit. Fuck it. Oh, that's right. Fuck you, you quit. Jared. That's what you call it. Yeah. Getting everybody together you know, three times a week, like, oh, let's spread it out. And, you know, it, it, it was like two months of doing, two or three months of doing five days a week and we just fucking hated it. And then we find the right balance. And, and I mean, that's just like anything when we were writing too. We had a laptop there and we first started off by like, okay, let's get everything in here, record each tiny riff, all the drums, all the guitar for each riff and then move it around. And then that became like absolute hell because it's like now you're just engineering the song it's like well that's not creative or fun yeah we used to we tried to do the like copy paste method for arranging and then yeah just realized that we were just obsessing over like every little detail and not really taking a step back so yeah once we stopped doing that uh writing got smoother i think yeah i mean writing definitely we had a little bit of extra time i think maybe a little bit because of the pandemic where we're like okay we weren't on tour and then we were at home writing a little bit more but restrictions made it so we couldn't really get together as much as maybe we wanted to or felt that we had to um but this album we got way closer to a finished product before hitting the studio than the album before it like relentless mutation we wrote in in like seven or eight months and we were writing stuff until the last day of the studio but this album we were pretty much mostly done a couple of weeks before and we were just putting finishing touches on it and yeah, we had longer in the studio too so yeah a lot more pre-pro yeah a lot more pre-pro and uh yeah i think i had almost all the i had all the lyrics done before we went to the studio it was relentless i was writing in the studio yeah and yeah just a lot more detail on the pre-pro like we did all the vocals pre-pro oh yeah and uh yeah and just critiqued the hell out of it before getting in there so yeah and we we, um green peppers uh cucumbers onions uh get the light mayo on there we'll just put the cookies in the sandwich if you make them (laughs) they have to sorry am i putting in it i thought i was putting in an order for some way (laughs) yeah but you get you have to add cookies to the sandwich right yeah so wait you guys spent uh seven to eight months on the on relentless mutation 
and Ollie's still writing lyrics in the studio. What were you doing the rest of that time, bro? Well, they couldn't, yeah. get, off, couldn't get off from Subway. Uh, glug, glug. <laughs> 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 yeah, basically for that period of time, everyone stresses out that I'm not going to finish the lyrics. So whenever I say anything in the group chat, it's just finish the fucking lyrics. Write the fucking lyrics. I would, I would never say that. Um, even when I was done, they were like, write the fuck. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true, actually. I was yeah. saying that for like a couple months. Yeah. Finish the lyrics. Oh, they finish them. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so I have about a month before that Ooh. starts happening again oh, God. for the next album. Yeah. Which we're not going to talk cool. about. No, we're not going to talk about that. No. Um, so, so you did extensive pre-pro. At what point do you go from having uh, like playing the songs as a group? Like you were saying, you guys tried to do this sort of like um very getting them organized in the computer beforehand and doing it that way but that didn't work so then did you just go back to like playing them as a band and and uh putting them together like that and then you hit a point where you you recorded them as as demos for pre-pro yeah 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 that was that was kind of you nailed it yeah (laughs) (laughs) next Yes. Next question. Next question. I don't even need you <laughs> here. I'll, I'll answer all the questions for Next you. Next question. That's so exactly I guess the, uh, the actual question is: At what point do you do that with a set with a song? Like I would say that once we have like a skeleton, which I know we're now in Christmas time, so we don't want to talk about spooky stuff like Halloween stuff. We're done with Halloween stuff, but once we had like a reindeer <laughs> of a song, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's what. I, yeah, exactly. So uh, once we have like a, a reindeer skeleton of a song, then we, you know, it's like it's like done from from beginning to end, and it flows kind of well. But we know that there's some spots that we want to change or whatever. That's like the point where it's like really exciting because then you're like, okay, cool. Now I can take this home and sit for a couple hours and be like, what kind of tiny notes can I change here that no one will ever fucking notice and just waste my life <laughs> just sitting here or like with the, I don't even know what you do with the lyrics. I go blah, 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 and a gap. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, we need a part here. Okay. Blah, 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 and a gap. Yeah. And then, uh, and <clears> yeah, <throat> you're just on thesaurus.com. Just be like, yeah. Just jack it um, up. <laughs> <laughs> How many um, different words can, are there for come? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, plenty. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Um, so, <laughs> Yeah, but it was it wow. was kind of exciting wow. to have a few parts, like maybe three or four parts that we weren't really sure of going into the studio that we knew Dave would just kind of have to pull out of his ass to help us out with. I think it was maybe three, three yeah. or four of those parts that we just couldn't really lock down and just kind of left it to the studio because we knew something cool was going to happen. And some of those parts turned out really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, not that the album's good, but if, no. you know. There's nothing on the album this time where I'm like, ah, oh, that could have been a bit better. Like everything turned out pretty good. The last album was like, oh, that one transition, maybe we could have spent a bit more time on it. But I think this one, we had more more time in the studio and before that, you know, we just kind of ironed out a lot of that stuff and making it a perfect album. So yeah, it's a perfect album. It's the perfect uh, album. It won an Oscar, actually, for the it best did. album ever made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense that it's the, they would be perfect because the more time you spend on something, the more perfecter it'll become. So hmm. you, the next one, just keep going. Just spend 10 years on it and don't release it, and then it'll be perfect. Oh, God. That's a sad thought. Oh, God. My voice just cracked because of how scary that thought <laughs> is. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, we, we spent eight, nine months on Relentless, and we spent two something years on bleed the future so the next one is five years like i mean like how long is that gonna take which is nice that we're able to do that because i think a lot of like real bands have to like produce new music like every year and they just turn out 
garbage. So uh, we and, take and four years to turn are, out garbage. And, the, and here's a list of those. Here's bands. a list of those bands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that, th- that thing that you were saying about certain little parts that Dave would uh, help with, is there anything else during the writing process that you will? Um, bring in outside uh, help or producers or something to do that kind of thing. Like, do you? How soon in the process do you involve Dave, or is it just when you actually show up at the studio? Well, we sent him the demos, but I don't think he listened to them. No, I think he was just kind of like, yeah, I'll check them out. But he was busy, and he knew that it was going to be a headache as soon as he dug into it. Yeah, so. I really don't think he listened to them. You get the vibe where you're like, didn't you know this part was here? Like. <laughs> Which is not saying, it, I mean, he's a busy dude, so it's not like, a, that's like a bonus. If he listens to it before, and it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, but we don't expect him to spend more than yeah. the allocated time on our fucking bullshit. I mean, you so. only hired him because he's got the same haircut as you guys. Uh, and he's, he's pretty hunky. Yeah. Like, he's not, like, jacked, but he's in good shape. You, like he's, I, I, like, hit him one time. I was like, oh, you. He's right? like a and rock. It, and I fucking hit him, and I was like, ah. And you're like, yeah. oh. It's like a big, solid candy cane, that guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I saw his penis. Um, eats a lot of reindeer. <laughs> nice. No, I didn't see his penis. But yeah, other than that, we would just like audience test the demos to uh, like f- friends and family. Come back to Jam and be like, well, my mom thinks this part should be like this. <laughs> True um, story. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> you know, or like, oh, like I'd show it to my brothers and be like, oh, is this cool? And, but they like terrible music. So it's like no yeah. real frame of reference. Yeah. But yeah, we, we would test it out with uh, friends and family and stuff. We showed it to our moms. We did. Yeah, and and that that's that footage was documented on YouTube. Yeah. Oh yes, that's true. Yeah, and they were pissed. Well, they <laughs> were pissed. I think the emotional response was varied. Um, my mm. mom, I don't think knew that I was in a band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think my mom knew that I was in a band. She's like, "What is this?" I, that's because you're ashamed, and you tell her that you're a male prostitute at Subway. Because it's less yeah. shameful than being a mm-hmm. <laughs> the lot lizard at fucking at Subway parking lot. Yeah, I'm trying to come up with a pirate rim job joke, but oh, I can't. Jesus. <laughs> I can't. It's called swabbing the poop deck. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, I mean, your mom, your mom was just so. I mean, she was heart, she heartwarmingly was confused. Proud. Yeah. Well, that too. Yeah, she was very confused as to what was going on and what she should do. So, which is great. I just want you to know that I love you no matter what, honey. Even if you want to keep making this music. I think everybody's mom had an issue with how to watch the video everyone's mom was like just watch it and whatever you can say stuff if you want she was so nervous she wouldn't say anything so she was and i mean i edited the footage i think every single everything a single person's mom was like okay so what do i do do i press play (laughs) and fucked up the name (laughs) of the song for sure like a bunch of times (laughs) (laughs) what is it well it's because it's gibberish bone horse yeah terminator (laughs) bone horse terminator bone horse terminator is actually pretty that sounds like a cool christmas movie yeah album number five yeah there you go down the drain (laughs) let's say like what's a typical uh way that that a song comes together like does it start with a riff does it start with a drum beat start with a lyric uh it generally starts with the lyrics yeah i write them all beforehand (laughs) way in advance Uh, yeah yeah very prepared yeah um, no, I mean it usually starts with a guitar riff. If I'm being honest, and I mean like we got the guitarist. I here. want you to be honest. I'm the. I play the lead strings. <laughs> to- Toby and I usually have an idea, and then we'll bring it into the jam spot. Or, and and that's not actually necessarily like that might happen like thirty or forty percent of the time. We're like, oh, we wrote a riff, and then I mean that's really not saying very much. It's it's really just like write a riff, just so you have some sor- sort of jumping off point. And then from there, it'll change like crazy. So like the initial riff might not be 
even remotely resembling what actually ends up on the album. So it's just any starting point, and it just so happens it usually comes from guitar, and then you know uh, from there we just add add stuff to it, or somebody says I like everything except for this one note or whatever. But but what happens a lot of the time is late in the week when you don't have any new riffs and uh, this is not an exaggeration we sit there playing random notes until somebody goes oh what was that that's not even a joke that's that's what happens i don't know if there's any riffs that just were like showed up and this is the riff and then we just kept it no so no i doubt it yeah and uh yeah it's mostly like toby getting really mad oh yes which i would be incredibly frustrating to just you're like what's the point writing riffs if i just bring them here and everyone just shits on them right away so but yeah i guess that's just how we start with just one idea that one of these guys will have and then uh and then just breaking it apart yeah and i mean the the process is frustrating because you can spend i mean two hours on a riff and it'll start by being somebody's like yeah and we're like and somebody else might be like yeah that's pretty cool and we're working on it and two hours later you go like does this suck and you're like (laughs) yeah or something that happened a lot lately in last album was you would write it and everybody would love it. And then a half hour later, somebody says, isn't this the outro to one of the songs on our last album? And you're like, <laughs> fuck. And then you have to scrap it. So those are the two things that usually... Or the if they make the pirate symbol. Oh, yeah. This just means pirate, like if you're doing a triplet thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we'll, we'll go down a triplet hole for like a few hours and then realize that it's turning piratey and then uh, have to jump ship. Or, or the, the thing that'll get rid of a riff is... Does this sound rockin'? Oh, yeah, if the rockin'. it sounds rockin', it's like it's out. Which is good. So, like, Toby will write something, and he'll be stoked on it. And then the uh, Howl will tell him that it's rockin', and Spencer will start playing, like, a shitty rock beat <laughs> over top of it to just basically burn him and be like, fuck you, that riff is fucking lame. <laughs> and it just is just incredibly frustrating, I'm sure. Well, <laughs> yeah, he has so, no fun I'm idea. just like, ah, sure, I like yeah. it. I yeah. I approve all riffs. <laughs> like, no, no, you don't. <laughs> no, I don't. No. You're like, I just want to be Bon Jovi, and these guys yeah. are over here just That's true. no no rock a lot. So you guys have some working rules within the band, like kind of not like unspoken ones, but like if it's yeah, if it's getting too piratey, too too rockin', you fucking yeet it. Sometimes it's just slight things too, like it'll be like one note or something that's not working for somebody, and then that just derails, and it's like, all right, just fuck it. Next next thing then. Yeah. That's frustrating. It's a democratic process. It's not. It's actually. It's actually unanimous. Everybody's got to be on board with it. Yeah, it's unanimous. Yeah, yeah. It's if not one even person doesn't like it, it's scrapped. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. Wow, that's uh, well. No wonder it takes a fucking long. Yeah, the frustrating thing too is like you have a riff. Let's say Jared comes up with a riff. Not really, but when he yeah. does, <laughs> no, he does. He does write. He writes his little bass parts. But the uh, he writes. He's a great bass player. Uh, I'm also put that on a riff. <laughs> <laughs> No, he writes presented great. to Jay. Yeah, no, no, he, he, he writes great. He writes great stuff. So if he has a riff and I don't like one of the notes, but he does, and then I, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to put up, yeah, whatever. Okay, let's just go with it. We'll see how it goes, and we'll go down that kind of road of that riff. And then we go to record it. I can't remember if I didn't like that riff with that one note or not. Like, you get stuck in the fucking moment of it, and you're like, no, I don't like that. And six months later, you're like, oh, that riff is cool. It's like, what the, f- like, why yeah. was I not into it before? Like, I don't, <laughs> I think that happens um you know to people you just get stuck in kind of the moment and you know you're three days a week or whatever and you like you start to kind of like oh this this riff sucks because of this and you and then you know months later your interests change slightly or you're i don't know you hear it in a different way and you're like that's actually pretty cool and that's 
it's a hard yeah and if you hear it from like outside of the band perspective and realize like oh that is actually you know a cool sounding riff or like i don't know we'll we'll think something is going on for way too long and then we'll take a step back and be like holy fuck that goes by so fast that's a big one for us yeah we're so in like in the playing of it that we like this repeats too many times it's like it's five seconds yeah it'll be like five yeah five seconds literally five seconds yeah we're like oh man this is just dragging on <laughs> well five <laughs> seconds someone else like archspire time is twice the notes yeah that's one of the things that's tough about writing that fast is you have to constantly balance it has to be listenable but it also has to be like impressive in some way or at least we have to think it might be impressive or whatever and then you have to balance that with it being a cohesive song and then you you know you have to work at six at Subway, so you have your shift at six. Six to nine. in the morning. Six in the morning. <laughs> so you have to balance all that. Who the fuck is at Subway at six a.m.? You come to the jam start reeking fucking... like onions. Yeah, you know. Meatball sub for breakfast. I mean, just such a stinky. And they can't just put a little mustard on there. You know, it's like big fucking glob of mustard. And then, but they can't. They can't put like three extra olives on there. I can see you not put extra olives on my sandwich. <laughs> this is fucking glass. I can see you, you prick. I get I that you're mad, but... I don't like Subway. I gotta be honest. Do you like Subway? I don't like what they did. <laughs> I don't think that's very cool. Um, their sandwiches, meh. Sure. You know, their, their bread kind of... It smells like a hospital in there from their bread. And I've, I've been into a lot of bakeries, you know, in my in day. In a lot of hospitals, apparently. Yeah, just living on the hills in in france you know is that true yeah and just fresh baked bread smell everywhere and subway doesn't smell like bread you know no it smells like onions oh yeah Yeah. it smells like onions in like like a like metal canisters in the fucking thing just sitting there it's like there's like little donation banks around the city of like your used oxidized onions you just drop them in there and then subway goes around with a truck and they pick those up and that's what they put on your sandwich subway smell onions (laughs) So today's video would have been sponsored by yeah. Subway Sandwiches. Yeah. Eat fresh. Anyway, so the songwriting process yeah. for the last so. album was, it was tough <laughs> to encapsulate all the stuff that we said, but, you know, it's, uh, yeah. But you guys are very comfortable saying to each other that you don't like a, a part that somebody mm. else has written. You guys are, that, which I think is better for the song in the end, because if you just go, yeah, okay, that's fine, it's great, whatever, and you just let it go, then you wind up with like, a bunch of like shit like i, I would spineless I would, music i would <laughs> <laughs> be like eh, i guess it's okay everybody would, they're like well are we gonna use my riff oh yeah okay and then you just kind of sh- fucking shoehorn it in there it's not that we're comfortable it's that we're probably too comfortable too comfortable each other that, are, that we insult that, each other way too much yeah it's just mean <laughs> yeah it's just a general rudeness yeah i mean there, some of the names on the board so like all mentioned when you don't go to jam then you, let's say you miss it because you're, I don't know, out drinking a lot last night, night before. Let's yeah. just say. I'm not going to point fingers. Or you came down with like say, a cough or something. Right. <laughs> so you, you don't go to jam the next day. So if you're not there, hey, guys, I'm not going to be there tomorrow, then whatever riffs are written the next day get to be named after you because you're the person who missed the jam. And the worst possible, like as oh. as... As D- shitty as in. you can go. Digging yeah. in. So some one of them was, and I'm not going to defend myself here, but one of the riffs, I wasn't there. I got married in 2018. The riff is called Baby Cries at His Own, at his own Wedding. So that was the name of the riff. Yeah. And Baby it was, Cries at Own Wedding. It, it was bright. <laughs> it was bright. I looked in the sun. But I'm not going to defend myself here because that's yeah, another yeah. whole thing. He was we crying. Can't. No, exactly. Yeah. So I'm He's just going to leave it at that. Yeah. 
Uh, I wasn't, but he was. Right. <laughs> you know, there's another one. Uh, oh, yeah. When I started, like, exercising um, and then I missed a jam, they were, like, uh, not as fat, but still fat, dot, 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 <laughs> and bald. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so they wanted to give me a bit of credit for getting less fat, sure. but still fat. True. Yeah. Uh, I feel that uh, very deeply because I I am the same. There you not go. Not as fat, but still fat. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... Also, what you're telling me is that you have names for all of your riffs. You have every riff. Oh, yeah. Which we can't say some of them on One of the riffs is just called 40Fs. It's just... (laughs) (laughs) And then the riff after that is... (laughs) So it's like, okay, you play... (laughs) For two and a half, and then... For half a one, and then go back to... (laughs) Just That's not a joke. Craziness. That's not a joke. Yeah. Oh, and then we had a riff that was just called Picture of a Dog. I unfortunately believe you. Yeah. What is it? Picture of a Dog. Yeah. Toby, so Toby had to Toby drop because yeah. Toby's uh, has an art degree. So. Oh my god, Toby's He's art an art is major, amazing. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it's real. He did all the album covers, all the yeah, all the lyrics. Yeah, all the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. He painted all the lyrics. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? You don't have liner notes. It's just paintings. The naming the riffs is just as important as writing the riffs a lot of the time because you have to be able to be like, okay, so now we're gonna play Cyploptic, and then we're gonna play ball of possession and then we're gonna you know like all those kind of and and you you start to build like this shorthand for whatever riff because otherwise it's like yeah you just get lost you know that diminished riff it's like what the fuck like you know there's no way <laughs> to remember every riff. it yeah, yeah there's no way to remember it so uh and we've been doing that since the absolute beginning of the band as far as i know like i mean since like i think when i first started jamming with Spencer, when it was not even called Archspire, I think we were already doing that then. Back when one of their, one of our songs was called "Machine Driven Tension." Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it's like mechanic metal. Yeah, and and the lyrics were like, "Oh, our, uh, oh my god, oh, not." Yeah. Dean, Dean wrote those lyrics. I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was before we had Toby, but uh, but yeah, I think ever since the beginning, we've been writing on a little whiteboard or whatever, and just dumb names and then and then eventually at some point the not being there during jam came in and then at some point if you're even a second late everybody in the room screams at you and then creates a lot of tension there was a good four years where we couldn't say numbers to each other oh yeah couldn't say numbers that's going down a whole road we don't have time to talk about that here we could not say a number to each other couldn't tell each other the time never you couldn't do it and that yeah, there's there's also the whole chicken blood thing. That is a that is a big yeah. Chicken blood is a big part of our writing process. That's um, true. We can explain that. We can explain that. Yeah. So if you make fun of someone, or if they show any signs of being defensive at all, <laughs> um, then you just rip into them <laughs> like way more, uh, and it's called chicken blood. That's a great so, description of it. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's like smelling it was chicken blood because it's like sharks in the water. They smell blood. Yeah. Um, but I don't know where the chicken thing know where came chicken, from, yeah. but it's like, you, oh, it's chicken blood in the egg water. That's it. So it's like yeah. sharks in the, in, the, in the water, but it's chicken blood in the egg water. So if you smell a bit of chicken blood in the egg yeah. water, then you just go at it like chickens, I guess. And like, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the explanation sort of kind of fell apart near the end. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like there's also now a thing called blood baiting where you like try to set a blood trap for someone. So you're like, yeah, you'll see, yeah, you'll say something to kind of get, get under their yeah, skin. And if you, if yeah. the, you detect it at all. Yeah. It's right. like, if you ever say Meshuga sucks around Toby, it's like, Oh, oh yeah. he starts trying to defend it. Oh, and they're, oh. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter if you like that man or not. Just say, Meshuga oh. Sucks. Like, oh. Yeah. oh, that's fucking yeah, blood. Yeah, there you go. And then everyone makes fun of you, makes chicken sounds. Is this what you want from the podcast? Yeah. Is this what you want? We're talking about chickens. <laughs> this and is a hundred percent what I want. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
Um, so I, it's kind of depressing to think about how many hours added up were just trying to name riffs oh, and not actually man. writing anything. So like, many. In that span of whatever, four years, uh, like could have been... Like could have been a, more, a quarter of the time writing, yeah. maybe just could have been more efficient. Like sitting there being like, "Fuck, what are we gonna call it?" Yeah, we could of. just go with like Riff A. Yeah, no, oh, rock and roll dog show or whatever. <laughs> like just like random shit. Like, no, that's stupid. And then we'd argue about just yeah, like, whether it should be called like rock and roll. Uh, that's a random one, but <laughs> but yeah, like like it fucking matters. Like we'd go down this road. Like it really matters what we're gonna name a riff. It's really interesting hearing the the different like levels of involvement from the members of bands i mean this is only the third episode of the podcast but it's been but it's a combination so of the best one so far yeah. for sure like we had the first one was uh was matt hafey and they're they do it a very similar way with trivium where they they write the songs all together and then i uh then we had brody on from rivers of nile and and he uh he does sort of the bulk of this structuring of the songs just kind of by himself um, and he likes to be very comfortable. He was saying, you know, he's got his little setup and, and everything. And it's a lot of like experimentation with synths and shit like that. And, and then there's you guys like who have this complex, uh, culture and like a, a, a whole band set of rules and, and ways of going about things. You're like the fucking lost boys of Peter Pan started a, you know, a cult oh, not the, the cool lost boys. And, and you like, and there's no adults allowed. Yeah. Um, and um, I mean, it's whatever fucking works, really. Does it work? <laughs> what comes out is is pretty fucking over the top. Yeah, I mean, we all got to quit our jobs at Subway, so yeah. At this point, yeah. it's really working out. I don't. Really yeah, well. I don't know if we could try a different style of writing. No, I don't think we would try that. No, other bands write on tour. It's like, how the fuck do you do that? Yeah, how would you write? Or they on just tour? like jam. Which oh, is really hilarious. That's yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, that I don't think we've ever just jammed. Yeah, I mean, even in the jam spot, we have everybody's on in ears and we're writing to a click track, and we can hear each other really well. Jamming that way would be, I mean, awful. Guitar, yeah, it'd be awful for one. I mean, you're trying to play it like, however, like 350 BPM. It's like what the f- like, what yeah. are you going to be able to hear? Oh, I'll just groove into this yeah. next part <laughs> yeah. and just follow along and see how that yeah. sounds. It's yeah. It really it has to start at one spot and then build from there, and that just generally starts with with the guitar. There were some examples on Relentless, and maybe even on this album where we started with a vocal idea. Like for Relentless, we started with uh, we we're like let's rip off Tech Nine, so we did that, and we ripped it off for the beginning of Calum's Will Animate, and that yeah. that song is like oh we'll start that song with this vocal idea, um, and so that happens. Um, and for some some bridges, we'll yeah. just be like, okay, yeah, yep. I'll come up with a vocal pattern for for a bridge, and we'll start there. What uh, a, yeah. If we get hard up, like if we're like, okay, nothing's coming out right now, so we'll be like, all right, Jared, what about you? Or like, put the spotlight on Jared, or put the spotlight on me. And we're like, okay, come up with some fucking pattern. It's cool. It's a lot of fun. It's fine. How do you decide the BPMs? Because that's a big big deal for you guys. Like you're playing this outrageously techy shit. Like that's kind of the, not the point, but that's the w- one of the features the of gimmick. the band. Yeah. It's it's the gimmick. Yeah. So at what point as you're going, do you decide on the final BPM for something? Do you guys wind up pushing it up as you go, like after you've practiced the part a bit at all? Take a song and bump it up 10, 15 BPM or something, or take it down a bit so that it's... We have done playable. that, I think, haven't we? Yeah, I think, I think what it really comes down to is like how many hits of his little sticks onto those little little things can spencer do like his little this little weak little pitter patter so it's like if he's got like a drum beat idea or something like that and he's like i can play this at this tempo 
and no faster, then we say, okay, well, let's write at that tempo. Yeah, that's kind of a starting point. Also, like yeah. if we were starting a new song, we'll look at the other BPMs for the other songs, and they have to be all different. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, because I can't tell the fucking difference, no. to be honest with you. But, no. um, but yeah, suspense will be like, okay, let's try writing in this in this range, and then we'll just figure out like riffs at three twenty or whatever. And uh, you know what's weird is that it should never. It's it had like I would say maybe people might expect like okay we're four albums in now maybe it's gotten easier to write. And it really, I don't think it has. No. So many aspects of it are just as difficult as it was, you know, on our second album or whatever. Like we might have gotten better at like, we might have more like tools on how to kind of record demos and make things, you know, visualize it a little bit more or whatever, but we're not faster. If anything, we're slower. Yeah. I think the main difficulty is just to not repeat, you know, ideas from from previous songs so yeah. that's where most of the attention uh, goes to be like okay this can't sound exact i mean i know to some people it all sounds exactly the same but yeah that's something that gets harder i guess as you go naturally to try to like make sure it sounds original and doesn't sound like any of the other songs yeah but still sounds like us so uh, yeah i guess it does get harder it's fucking yeah it's very frustrating what was the hardest song on the album to write? Song three. Song three was. Well, Abandon the Linear. That song it was, oh, has, yeah. has a riff called The Cursed Riff. Yeah. And I, I wrote that, the intro. I wrote that riff in 2017, I think, maybe 2018. And we tried to put it into songs five times, and it never fucking worked. Every time we're like, ah, it do- doesn't work. And so we got pretty close to the end of our writing process, and we saw, we thought, okay, so either what we do is... We call it a really short album. We do seven songs and we have like, let's say two months left. We do seven songs and we spend the next two months really refining everything absolutely perfectly. Or we write a new song in two months, which is a, a tough for us to do. And so, of course, then we were like, okay, well, let's, let's put in the cursed riff, the fucking hardest riff to put in anything because that was all we really had at that point. And, uh, and, it, and it worked. I mean, that song turned out pretty cool. But that was that was that riff made it the hardest song I think to write, in my opinion. But, yeah, trying to make that fit. Yeah, just because of like the history of that riff, it was quite difficult. But um, but yeah, I mean like the other the other songs. Let's say Reverie and the Onyx was like the first one that we wrote, and I think that that came together really nicely right away. And then for a while, I was like, I don't know. I think this is my favorite song. And then I was like, I don't like it as much anymore. And then at the end, it's like, oh no, it's really cool. And then when the album came out, I was like, actually, so it like it's sort of. It comes and goes. Like the perspective changes so much. I think that was the first riff that we wrote for the for this album, right? Well, uh, the main riff, Rever- yeah, in Reverie, yeah, yeah. Kind of sounds a bit different than anything else. On the yeah, album. yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. And then I think we took a, a writing break after that song, didn't we? I think so. We did have to take some breaks uh, to go on tour and stuff. 2018 was the busiest year we ever had for touring. We were gone for like six or eight months or something like that. We did like Australia, New Zealand, Japan, U.S. twice, Europe twice, Canada. Like we were gone like most of the year and then 2020 oh my goodness crazy tours oh fuck we were gone <laughs> the entire time oh man don't you remember it yeah it's all blur do you guys have um any specific ways that you go about structuring the songs anything that you do i don't know often or or so, obviously you're not using super traditional song structures in general how do you go about it we uh Pretty much just wing it every fucking time. And one thing that we try to do, we did for a long time, like, okay, well, let's let's start the song with the same riff that we end the song with. Okay, so that's cool. But then you do that enough times, you're like, okay, well, 
maybe we shouldn't do that again. Or in this one, we, we tried to have the song title repeated a lot in the songs. But when you're playing that fast, you're like, okay, repeat it a bunch of times. Yeah, everything seems like it's to us played a bunch of times in a row. But to the listener, they're like, wait, what, what was that? Was that it? Like, I don't, so no, I don't know. I mean, we did try to have more of like a, at least choruses, maybe not first chorus, but a yeah. lot more choruses. Yeah. But yeah. And to us, it was like, oh yeah, this is like a lot catchier, but then yeah, you listen to it and you're like, okay, it's still, yeah, it goes by so quick that it's hard to pick out choruses maybe for some people. It's weird how different you hear your own music. Like, I mean, I'll hear, like, let's say if you put on uh, a live video of us playing, I'll be like, wow, are we playing this music way faster? But it's like, no, it's to a click track. So no, if you just hear it in different context, even though we wrote it, it's like something, it's just, it, it's, it's really weird. Cause the actual recording, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I know all the parts. It sounds like it kind of makes sense. But if you just change it a bit, it's like, what the fuck? What are we doing? Like, this is, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a weird thing to play that fast, you know? Yeah. yeah, and still try to have some kind of catchiness to it. Hey, it pays for our pirate hats, you know? It really puts a pirate hat on our head. Yeah. And pays the bills. What is keeps that? Keeps these kids... Hat bills? Indo- oh. Living indoors in their pirate hats. It's a hat hats. pun. Oh, I thought, like a brim? Like a bill. A, du- uh, yeah. a duck bill? It, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Never mind. It pays the bills. I like that joke. Okay. I like it because now it doesn't make any sense. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. I think, <laughs> I mean, I think for death metal, you guys, well, I, I mean, I think you guys have hooky songs in general, even in like, in spite of going a bajillion miles an hour, but even hooky for death metal and then still hooky just in general. So that's, that's good. That's a I mean, well, I think it's good. Something, you know, a lot, of, you. a lot of metal <laughs> fans don't, don't like that. They're like, no, I want it to be everything to be completely different but it's memorable you know well, it's not I, just there's something that you got to keep in mind is that, and, and the fans of the band like i mean the only reason why we can keep doing this as a full-time thing is because we have awesome fans and they buy shirts and they buy albums and stuff but i mean oftentimes what a fan wants of the band is not actually what they would want so like oh yeah this is what i want it's like well yeah i mean you might say let's have the whole song blasting the entire time no breaks but it's like that, that wouldn't sound good you know, and we couldn't even do it anyway because we got, you know, yeah. what's his name? So uh, because he's a human being and he needs to take breaks, which I totally understand. Um, it's ridiculous. It's, <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm not mad about it. I am mad about it. But also, I mean, listening to like it's I think it's OK to admit you have an audience and that they like certain things and to kind of use that when you're writing to be like, OK, what would a crowd like to hear? Yeah. Um, instead of just being like, fuck you, we do exactly what we want. And then. You may or may not like it. You know, we, we don't switch directions and go on some, you know, completely different sound. Yeah. Um, to just to alienate, you know, fans. <laughs> like, we're not going to do that. And the bands that do that, that uh, here's a list of the bands <laughs> that do that, that we find that do that. We'll put it in the description. Artspire. Yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting because in, in that sense, there kind of is a, uh, a, a sixth person involved, or I guess a seventh if we count Dave. Um, who didn't listen to the the pre pro? You know, good. like you're you're you've got this idea <laughs> of your audience and what they'll like, and you're 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 kind of thinking about, or at least to some degree, you're thinking about what they would maybe want or what's going to work for them, even if they don't know what they want. You know? Yeah, I mean, we actually used to have ever since the beginning of the band, we would have our friends come to the jam spot and hang out with us and sit there for hours listening to our music. And there's a couple of points where 
you remember when Dave, our buddy Dave, came to the Jam Squad, not Dave Otero, but a different guy, um, came to the Jam Squad, and we were writing our second album, and we were writing um, Seven Crowns, yeah. and he's like, oh, that outro is really cool. You should repeat it. And we're like, oh, really? Yeah, kind of just whatever. Like, no, it's a really cool part. And we repeated it, and it's like, oh, that was a good idea. Like, that was a great idea. Not going to pay him any money for that, but... <laughs> Thanks for the idea, asshole. Um, you gotta, you gotta, you know, negotiate those points on the back end in the moment. In the back Otherwise, of su- in the back of subway. Yeah, back of subway. Yeah. All that, that all gets ironed yeah. out. In see the back can, of yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. See what you see what you can fit inside. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Something that you said about Spencer being human, about you guys being human, and only being able to do X, you know, like BPM or whatever. In reality, like that's kind of what makes it so cool is that you guys aren't robots like the reason that i'd rather listen to you rather than the ai procedurally generated version of you that's out there on the on the internet now is because you're not robots you know what i mean like it's only like sick that you can play like this because you're people right so like those little breaks and stuff that you're talking about like sort of engineering these these like human uh, necessity breakpoints in your song or whatever. To me, that's like that's like oh shit! Like you can you see the king bleed or whatever. Like or, or what is it? Only, even a god can bleed. That thing. Like <laughs> to me, that's you're talking about Toby. That's great. <laughs> uh, like you're not blasting the whole time. That's it's better. It's like more fucking real to me i guess it helps us kind of just naturally write in dynamic just based on our ability you know or lack of ability so it's like okay we need to drop out here so that's where the chill parts come in and because it is you know we want to be able to play all the songs live so yeah it just sort of helps us naturally write in dynamic by just being like hey we can't we would love to play this part again but we just can't physically do it so you know, which it just maybe works out for the best. I, th- I think that applies to our album lengths as well. We we sort of apply the same thought process to like we have we have really short albums because we don't want to overstay our welcome with any of this stuff. So if even if you're like the biggest technical death metal fan, listening to like an hour of this genre is probably going to be kind of tough. You know, like unless you're really tricky when it comes to certain things, like there'll be some filler. Yeah, probably. there'll be some filler, or there's going to be like a drop in momentum um, that maybe isn't for the best or whatever. So we like to write albums that are like 31 minutes long. And and when you see people being like, oh, why didn't you write a longer album? I want more songs. It's like, that's the best kind of thing that you can ask for. Because if you never write as much as people think that they want from you, then they're always going to want more and they're just going to be a better, you know, like a, a bigger fan of the band or whatever. So... Um, plus, we couldn't write more music if we tried. It just takes time. It takes <laughs> so much time that it's just like not. And there's something sad about like if you really do like a band and you go see them live and they play like a, just a little too long. Yeah. Which, which I found happens to a lot of my favorite bands. I'll go watch yes. them and be like, you know, an hour and 10 minutes in and you're like, all right. Like, yeah, you know, that's tough, though, because know. when you get to like a like a legacy band, like a band that's been around for uh, like 20, 25 years. And, and if you're quite successful, you're going to have so many songs that people want to hear. And you're kind of in, you're kind of stuck. Somebody spends their hard-earned money to come see you at some big show. And you got to play all the songs they want you they want you to play. Otherwise, they're going to be like, oh, man, this band, they don't like playing their old stuff anymore or whatever. It's like, so you kind of, it's t- it's a tough position to be in. Um, we'll never get to that point. Yeah, we don't <laughs> ever have to worry about that. But no. um, <laughs> We won't get to an evening with Arch Spire where it's three hours of the hits. We'll just play our little songs and get off the stage. Sort of in the same uh, vein of because you're 
pushing the envelope of how fast you can play the technical aspects of it. You guys always got to be way up on your shit. Like you can't, there's no, there's no room for slacking off for missing a bunch of rehearsals or not practicing enough because you literally won't be able to, to do it. Um, and then that's sort of dictating a lot of things about how the songs wind up being structured, it sounds like. Um, I remember talking to Spencer at length about how he sort of orchestrates his parts a lot to consider resting certain muscle groups and like certain Spencer ways of, about of doing things. No way. He talked about what? his muscles. <laughs> Our Spencer. Yeah. Wait, are you and sure you can you're see them. talking about you can the see them. Spencer? <laughs> oh, so I'm starting to sense <laughs> that maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So I guess in this in the same sense, you guys are playing them as a band in the rehearsal spot, and and putting them together all together and having to play through them rather than just sitting at your computer programming shit um, makes the most sense. And figuring out how to play it later. Yeah, exactly. Like we play over a lot of backing tracks, and that oh, means yeah. you just can't you tell. Well, like a like they a, just prop up my wasted <laughs> body and just run <laughs> the fucking your wasted <laughs> body. Just run vocals Weekend in front of house. Yeah. One of the Weekend things at Ollie's, I like it. We don't play to each other on stage. We play to stems, so we can't hear each other. So we just play yes, to like a mixed a mixed version, whatever album mix that we want on our phones or whatever. Which is a good okay. So it's good. Right, because then you can uh, then you can really dial in exactly when you want to hear. There's no differences every night, but it also means that no one else can in the band can hear you when you fuck up. So it is a good thing, but also like I wonder what we would be like if we could hear each other. If we would be like, "Wow, you blew that guitar solo last night." <laughs> like I did. Uh, oops, but but it helps not stress out after the show, like because you're just true. like, okay, I fucked that part up. Yeah. But if I think that if we were all hearing each other, it would probably af- affect us a lot more afterwards. Be like, oh, like we as a group fucked up. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, like I'll sometimes you can go like you know twenty seconds into a song before realizing that someone's wireless died or something. Yeah. Which I think is is good because then you just keep keep the song going, and I think that that's. That's more uh, important. It's more important yeah. than just train wrecking. Yeah. When you guys play, when I'm there, I'm not watching you anyways. I'm getting caught up on Seinfeld. So You're probably oh, getting blown in the bathroom because you're such a stud. Oh, absolutely. Say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only when your dad comes along. Uh, nice. <laughs> uh, your dad came to the show? Yeah. Oh, no. good. Oh, that's Yeah, nice. just, to, just to blow people in the oh, bathroom. Oh, okay. Um, he also works at Subway. Yeah. <laughs> Come from no, a so long line He would have to know artists. who it was. Artisans. Artisans. So, Dean, you've got your your series of uh, Dean attempts to learn songs. Yeah, I do that on your channel, and that's that's pretty fun. Oh, to thanks. watch. So you're you're learning, you know, so- guitar parts, songs, and and stuff. But it's mostly performance based. But like, it's cool to see that you you're continuing to learn as you go. You're not just you know stagnating in in what you've been doing forever. And have any of you guys in the band like taken the same approach to learning uh, songwriting or theory or any any sort of not formal but more structured specific analysis of songwriting or, or anything like that studied in any way other than just fucking going for it. Well, I mean, Jared's got his little piece of paper. Yeah, Jared has some oh, does he? jazz degree that yeah. he also got from Subway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Subway fucking <laughs> Academy of Music. <laughs> like, I, I'll listen to, like, speed rap stuff yeah. and... Uh, and to try to find inspiration for patterns and kind of go down that road. So using other genres to try to get ideas rather than just listening to other tech death. 
um, you know, or I don't know, like I'll do that for, for writing lyrics, like, and people won't know cause it's such a different genre. Like, um, like drain of incarnation was like based on wave of mutilation by the pixies. Cause I like that name and I like that song and I was like, Oh, I want to, like so it's kind of used that as like an uh, inspiration for the title anyways um just to get an idea to start like running off of so yeah ripping off people from other genres uh is great because people that are generally just listen to tech debt don't really know about pixies so uh or listen to it so you can uh yeah you can rip them off and nobody knows anything else that you're pulling from during this specific album writing sequence Anything you were listening to that influenced the direction of it or anything? I mean, we, we put a, a bunch more ripped off classical music in there. So we've ripped off uh, nice. Mozart, ripped off Bach uh, a lot, all the time, uh, some Beethoven. Just like really, because that's like a whole treasure trove of just stuff you could rip off and you, got n- you get no trouble to do it. Yeah, so that's public great. domain <laughs> shit. Just yeah. Because they're dead. Yeah, because they're dead. Um, but the, uh, I mean, you did some more like trap kind of stuff in this, didn't you? Yeah, a little bit. That's like sort of like the did it did it did it that kind of vocal. Yeah, work. a bit more like some kind of trap patterns from listening to like Juicy J and shit. Yeah, like in the song "Abandoned Linear," you have a lot more. There's some real rap flows in there, like really. I don't know. They've yeah. got some those cool kind of gaps. Yeah, we tried to write that up, and I think Dave helped with that, even though he doesn't listen to rap. Yeah. Um, but just kind of naturally knew where I was kind of going with it, and uh, and that I wanted it to sound, you know, like rap, and uh, and kind of he caught onto that and helped out. A lot with that, with that. I think, yeah, that song is most rap inspired. Yeah. But I, like, I don't know, just ma- basically to get like ideas like Reverie on the Onyx Landing is a ripoff of Sleeping on the Blacktop by Coulter Wall. Because <laughs> uh, I didn't know any of this. Reverie is like sleeping and then on the blacktop and the Onyx is, yeah. So Reverie on the Onyx was, because that's one of my favorite songs is Coulter Wall. Uh, yeah, Sleeping on the Blacktop. But it was just because I wanted like a name. For inspiration and i already had the story idea and i was like oh that's cool to twist that around and uh, again just rip off you know another artist i think that's cool i mean that's the kind of shit that you know it, like even for like doing videos or whatever like i mean because ollie and i did uh do a show called good morning handsome or a uh, cooking show i mean the show is not it's not like a unique it's by not any like, means it's not like and no one's <laughs> ever done a cooking show you know so we're just like oh okay we'll just do it because cooking shows are funny and so there you go and i mean like this guy's good uh, that and I don't and, chop my fingers off, right? And the uh, you know the same thing with the music. You like what you like, and so you're like, okay, well, I'll just take from all your inspirations. And if you do it like honestly, then I think it's cool. Rather than trying to be like, I need to be original with everything. It's like good fucking luck. They, yeah, you're never gonna do it. You're yeah, gonna do and it. just can't, branching can't reinvent out. the wheel every time. Yeah, yeah. and, and I mean, I'm not gonna listen to like Cannibal Corpse to get inspiration because I just I mean they're amazing obviously but yeah I uh, I don't think you can do an interview without mentioning them maybe or corpse grinder at least we almost did though <laughs> I almost did yeah but I can't but yeah I think that it's kind of uh, I think get more out of it to going outside of your genre for inspiration yeah but yeah like classical classical music uh, we even had a conversation for a little while that we wanted to try and do adding like a synthwave element to the album yeah we did want to do that because we were doing uh, Toby is writing like synthwave interludes. Yeah. Like Carpenter Brut kind of style shit. And oh, yeah, I would like to have some of that on worked into an album somehow. Yeah. I mean, that may be kind of cool. You know, and, and it's like, st- okay, some stuff that we like and incorporate it. And it's like, see how it works. I mean, if like I said, if you do it from like an honest place where you're not like, oh, I'm going to steal this because, you know, I'm not going to steal this note for note thing. You're just like, okay, I like this idea. And now let's see how we can apply the stuff that we know about writing, you know, 
uh, full band music to to this other kind of thing and add that in and and you know because we like it we're not trying to do it because we're trying to make money it's like no there's just a cool idea so the same i think that was a lot to do with how we you know initially started the band really fast really extreme music with rap death metal vocals it's like okay well we like really extreme death metal we like rap put them together there you go and that's all that everyone in the band could pretty much agree on Yes. Style wise. <laughs> yeah. That was the last time you guys agreed on anything at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think the only album that all of us like is Rust in Peace. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We talked about if we'd ever do a cover. Yeah. What the fuck we would do. I actually recorded half that song in, in, on eight string. Oh, yeah. At home. What, what, was it Holy Wars? Oh, uh, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Holy Wars. Yeah. Yeah. That would, I'd be stoked I was to like, cover that song. Okay. This is kind of cool, but no. We didn't do it. We didn't do it. We're yeah. too lazy. Yeah. Seems like a good, like you've sneakily made death metal fans listen to rap music, whether or not they liked it. Or if you go to a show, uh, one of our shows um, coming up, Tech Trek 5, uh, April to May in the US and Canada, um, tickets are on sale now. Uh, if you go to one of our shows, then you'll hear a rap between the bands, and that pisses off a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> Promoters don't yeah. like that either. Nope. Because no. if you're not playing death in between bands, then like the band death, then yeah. you're fucking up. Yeah, exactly. Apparently. Yeah. So we're like, hey, you people know will leave. Apparently they'll spend money on tickets. And then if they hear a song they don't really like between bands, they're just going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. What, yeah. Who fucking thinks that? I wish that metal fans weren't uh, weren't like that. Well, I don't. I th- yeah, I, I don't think that, that they, they are necessarily. It's just like it's you know a couple you get, bad apples. You get you a know? few people that are like, Duh, you know, but it's just funny because okay, so. Uh, in between these really loud death metal bands, what should we play to sort of cleanse the palate? How about really loud death metal? It's like, <laughs> what are you thinking? Like, what is this? What is the thought process here? How are you creating a party? Like, this party sucks now because it's just so much of this one thing. So it's like, give the audience a break. You know, they're hanging out. They want to. Yeah. They want to chill out. And when you guys do Tech Trek Nine, can it be Tech Nine Tech Trek? Anything can we can do tech to nine? do with Tech Nine? Yes. We'll do. I would pay such good money. Anything to see we can yeah, play just point at anything in the room. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, you yeah. can have it. Uh, please don't do that. It's at my house. Don't let them do that. I've got expensive cameras here. Don't let them fuck them. There's a bunch of Christmas gifts here. That's true. Yeah. Come all over them. All right. <laughs> I think it's interesting that you talked about like ripping off or you know taking taking inspiration from bands or artists and and hip hop especially has this sort of history of of sampling. You know, and it's it's a completely different attitude towards um, taking from like directly quoting the source, you know, like there wasn't for a long time before there was a a, a really strong legal element to sampling somebody, you know, hip hop came from just sampling these records, finding like the Amen break or whatever, like Amen break. What what do you say? Amen? Amen? I guess it depends on what church you didn't attend. Um, but, <laughs> we're both Jewish, but you know so. like Amish? stuff like that using yeah. Amish, <laughs> the Amish break um, but metal has sort of this very opposite view of it it's like it has to be 100% original all the time like you have to fucking invent a new genre for every band and like they have to be completely original which is actually fucking silly because nobody really really does that it's not like you invented new notes or mm, some shit no. but yeah, and it's interesting if you to did, hear you guys. If you did approach. admit new notes, they would sound bad. <laughs> they would sound bad. <laughs> those ones would sound. Yeah. Those notes would sound bad. So, yeah. microtonal music is not not fun to listen to. It's not enjoyable. Ollie is being very rude right now. He had a phone yeah. call. 
and his phone was on vibrate. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Yeah, so can we Get start this whole thing again? The manager at Subway just fucking yeah, so going on. Let's roll to the beginning. <laughs> He's supposed to be, supposed to be making so sandwiches right now. So what is now. this music about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Say the beginning thing again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that sample thing came from us wanting to rip off rap albums. Like, I mean, Tech 9 does that a lot. So it's Yeah, like, the yeah. skits, like the yeah. So old, we're like old school rap skits. Yeah, and actually we have something coming out, uh, I think, tomorrow that is oh yeah it's named after that uh it's a very very cool project that we've been working on for uh two years since august 2019 and that's coming out tomorrow i believe and so it's uh named after that i think it'll it'll be more apparent what the fuck that is tomorrow so this is a terrible announcement for it (laughs) (laughs) there's something happening tomorrow something happens tomorrow tomorrow's a tuesday coming soon that we're inside of we're in it we're in it yeah exactly yeah but yeah, I mean, we wanted to rip off rappers. And, and what's funny is that, you know, we put it in because we really liked it. Turns out the audience doesn't really like it. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I, I get lots of flack, which is great. Yeah. And that's kind of fun for us. So like, oh, they, you know, I've seen people like, it really ruins the flow of the album. It's like, that's pretty sweet. It's kind of sweet to have people being <laughs> mad about that. Cause it's like, yeah, that's well, chicken blood. That, exactly. See? That's exactly what that is. Oh, Metalheads being like, oh, he looks like or acts like a rapper or sounds like a rapper. That's chicken blood for that. And the, and the best reply to that that I've seen you put on is... I, I am a rapper. <laughs> yeah. like, this guy is like sounds like a wigger rapper. I'm like, well, I, I am a rapper. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why it <laughs> sounds like that. All you did was just aptly describe me yeah. Yeah. accurately. It's so funny. It's so that yeah, th- those comments. Oh, I mean, yeah. Does he think he's a rapper? I am a rapper. Yeah, that's literally, <laughs> that's literally what I am. I just... <laughs> the skits thing is funny because you guys don't have skits on the album, but when you play live in between every song, it's hilarious. hilarious oh, just jokes. pure comedy. Yeah. Hilarious comedy. You know it's what? Kind of that same thing. Let's let's hear one of those chestnuts now. Horrible. I actually had a dream that uh, Dean was like, I'm taking over all the banter in between songs. And his shit was way funnier than mine. <laughs> oh, I was really mad. Because <laughs> I just bomb constantly. Just, mic drop. I'm going to try and take this just mic off. fucking bomb. That was a great dream. Well, yeah. you had some good ones. We played our album release shows in the last uh, few weeks ago. You had some good ones there. You I had, had that, some. Yeah. You had that joke about, um, about Alec Baldwin. That was pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, we don't need to go. We don't need to go into jokes, it. But I'll just, you know. joke. Oh, the um, Toby, uh, Toby and Dean nature walk. That was a good one, and uh, and it's cool because I got to talk about fucking Toby in the ass, uh, and, and his dad was at the yeah, show. The horrified so, looks on everybody's parents. Yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. priceless. I love the uh, the Have they after never show. Seen you guys play before? Oh yeah, but oh, Toby's dad is so sweet that he and he wants to like me. I know, but um, I just you say make, you make it really such, difficult fucking lame shit that i can tell after the show he's like all oh, right on Ollie," and i could tell by his eyes like he's like oh man why are you talking about well my, fucking my son what's going on my, my wife came to the show with uh with a couple of her professors and during the the stuff in between she says she was like mortified about the stuff that you were saying <laughs> on stage she's like oh my god <laughs> um, but it's for the good of the joke if i if i embarrass myself that's that's fine i think the funny th- is if we laugh on stage mission successful and yeah. that the, and the laughter can be either at the joke yeah. or at the joke e uh, yeah. and it, what know. the best is when people believe what i say even though it's so obviously just right. more shit yeah. like all that san francisco thing with yes. jared yes where i said he we found him in san francisco and we hired him and he was like he would suck uh, your dick through your jeans he was like a prostitute sex worker <laughs> that could suck your dick through your jeans so we hired him 
Uh, and then people would come up to him afterwards, like, "Oh, so you're from San Francisco? Like, what the <laughs> fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> what was their next question? So, so uh, yeah, how much is it to San Francisco? Yeah. So our, our last time I saw you was. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the conversation that yeah. Oh, everyone that, at the show. That's true. Which is which is fine, but it's because that's where you can that's what you have to relate to. But yeah, someone comes up and like, oh man, that was a cool set. Yeah, last time I saw you was this city, this venue. <laughs> yeah, they always, yeah, people always say that. Okay, I remember when I saw you guys at this venue last time of this year. Yeah. It's, like, okay. it's pretty like you can't really go anywhere with that conversation. No. Yeah, no. What's your dog's name? Yeah, that's that's about it. <laughs> but it is nice. I but mean, like not. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny. It's just it's just a funny thing you notice because it, it's so every time people say that. But it's so nice when people come and say it. Anyway, so oh, absolutely that's yeah. cool not dissing them because you no. really have you have nothing to really say to someone you're like oh, i like your music but you seem like a prick so uh, <laughs> talk about the last time i saw you it is funny though because <laughs> sometimes you'll be like oh so uh yeah i met so-and-so at a show yeah he seemed like a nice guy it's like oh he seemed a nice guy didn't spit at you didn't yell at you like what? yeah he like, got you no real 10 story seconds, like what the fuck yeah. yeah seems like a nice everybody seems like a nice guy unless they're kicking no. you or something it's like you're not you're not going into business with this person yeah. you're not gonna like open a subway's franchise exactly. yeah i mean you um, would be smart too well, yeah i mean it's a good investment yeah. together yeah feta stocks are fucking through the roof right now <laughs> adds to the sort of really like the exclusivity element more than anything else i think you if you go to a show it's your first if if it's your first death metal show and all he's joking about um fucking analyzing poor toby Mm. in front of his dad like there's certain people who will just leave and they won't come back and they're like this is what it is this is what this is this is what tech this is tech death is they think it's you know then they go tech death equals dirty gross humor and um, that would be so great if someone didn't go to any tech death shows or metal shows and then they just saw us and they're like do all <laughs> death metal singers just think that they're really bad stand-up comedians like what <laughs> is this just a part of the show like they just say really dumb gross shit or talk about land before time like <laughs> oh yeah you had that whole show at land before time that was i think i had like a few like a week a of funny. tour where i would just go off about land before time in between songs and people were like what the fuck is this that Why? was good <laughs> that just... was good i i think my one of my favorites that you said on stage was um some guy we're playing montreal and some guy tried to say something to you between songs he interrupted you he was yelling at you and you're like because you were telling a joke and he ruined the joke and you're like what what are you trying to tell a joke yeah oh you got a joke why don't you pull down your pants and show everybody your joke <laughs> Really and you fucking nailed it. Everyone's like, oh, I just fucking nailed that guy. It's like, oh man, you can't say anything after that. It's perfect. That's after that, one. it's been down. This is why it's been it takes Ollie so long to write his lyrics. He's busy writing the jokes. Exactly. Type five. He's working on I type, type five. five. Yeah, I had, type so I had five. a dream that I wrote like the funniest fucking joke ever. And like, I don't know, you know, when you like have something in your dream and it seems like such a great idea and then you wake up and you're like, this just makes no fucking sense at sure. all. So I had this dream that I got like world recognition for this joke and I woke up and it was, um, if Santa Claus became president, he would have an egg inauguration. <laughs> Like, and it's cohesive, but sure. it's so fucking stupid. And in my head, like that, that second when I woke up, I was like, yes. And I was like, oh, that was it. Yeah. Wow. Like, fucking real letdown. So, yeah. yeah. In uh, the fucking dream haze, you were like, I am. Oh, I am. That was the pinnacle of fucking humor. The greatest. Mm. Yeah. So. Well, you got it. But you still got to tell it now. Yeah. Only Pizza. with that preface. Like you can't just be that, like, you can't just tell that joke. You have to be like, okay, it was a dream. So yeah, that's that the excuse. Of, yeah. yeah. 
That's a real nugget right there. Eggnoggeration. <laughs> this and more on Tech Track 5 oh, uh, with Inferi, Entheos, and Vulvodinia. Yeah. It's available now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vulvodinia, which is uh, the band named after uh, someone's pussy hurting. Vagina stuff. Yeah. <laughs> is that what it's? I yeah, they have a shirt so. that says, my pussy hurts on the back of it. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Oh, man, that's That's one great. of the reasons why we're just like, oh, yeah, bring that's them. A, they have another shirt that says, my dick feels good. No, no, no. Okay, oh, okay. <laughs> just the flip. I get side the whole that, collection. It, we should do that though. Yeah, Fuck, my my a, butthole um, just feels okay. Yeah. It's just okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dick feels great. Butthole feels All okay. Berries, and my pussy hurts. Or yeah. Bodily organs. Yeah. yeah. And and their condition. Uh, there, there's like an old back in the like um, bear share lime wire days. There was a song. I think it was maybe Lords of Acid or something. And it's just called. Wham, my pussy hurts. Oh. And I'll never forget that as long as I live. Wow. Every time I think somebody's being a wimp, <laughs> I think of that song. Wham, my pussy hurts. But yeah, we'll, um, we'll make Toby's pussy hurts shirts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Toby's little pussy hurts. <laughs> no, we won't. Um, no, we won't. We won't do that. I remember uh, when this was about songwriting. Oh. That's no fun. That's not as fun, though. Well, no. uh, I'm getting a does, rash from um, this hat. That's pretty that, Yeah, that's that not does, comfortable. Very badly, uh, 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 what's the word? Segway, wow. Tra- segway, segway's the word, thank you. <laughs> you can even think the word Subway segway. Holy shit. Segway brought to you by Subway. That's oh. a very bad subway to the next uh, part, which is about how you write your lyrics. Um, oh. I'm very curious to know because there, you know, you have sort of a uh, these parameters that you have to hit. It's it's not like like writing a nice pop song where there's lots of space and you can do it like... You can kind of write about your feelings. It's fast as fuck. There's you have a certain way that you go about it. How do you get to there? Like we were talking about with rap, like the mechanical side of their vocals is something to like to pick up and then use that as sort of like a little like Sudoku puzzle or whatever to fit my own ideas into. So because I find a lot of the time with like speed rap, the content is obviously not something I would I don't pretend to fucking shoot people or whatever. So just kind of using the mechanics of what they're doing and then kind of, and then adding in my own stories, it's sort of like a good kickoff point. I think that's why it takes so long to write because you have an idea of something and I want to have a cohesive story so that, you know, if someone says, what's this, you can explain it. But then within that, it's like, it has to fit in this riff. It has to be this many syllables. There's certain, you know, vowels that you can't say as fast as others. So you end up just like having an idea and then just picking it apart uh, until it'll just you know, line up perfectly. Um, so it's just a really long and daunting process, which is why I put it off as long as possible. Because yeah, by, by the time like you finish, it's really, it's rewarding. But like when you're like, okay, first fucking line of the first song, it's like, you know, pretty, pretty daunting because um, cause it just takes work and I'm lazy. I don't like work. <laughs> no, but yeah, and it also helps doing pre-pro. Like we'll do gibberish patterns in pre-pro uh, that like Dean and Spencer mostly will help me with. So we'll, you know, because sometimes sometimes it's really obvious what I'm going to be doing. Um, like if it's just a good tempo and it's just a straight blast and I can just match the snare, those those parts sound cool. But if it's like, okay, this is a more open kind of spacey um, riff and we need, you know, a cool pattern that's not just like a four four pattern, then we'll get together and I'll just like make up fake, fake lyrics that are generally about 
chickens or yeah ninja turtles. chickens or toby ninja turtles ninja turtle time i just want to say a quick quickly we have somebody in the comments a big kid says subway <laughs> nice that's awesome <laughs> anyway back to the big kid says subway yeah i mean like a lot of time ninja turtle time ninja turtle time you have uh, yeah to, uh, uh, some toby song, some, oh yeah, yeah some toby lyrics i forget the toby lyrics but toby, uh, did you get that letter that i sent to you today that's Oh yeah, Toby. Did you get a letter that I sent to you today that said that I'm in love with you? Yeah, and right. Then you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> That's a good warm up too. Just backstage, you can just. Yeah. Toby one, loves that. The one you have about me is so funny. Oh well. The one that you say, how you say you love me, is so funny. I love that one. That one. Well, I think that one just Dean dirties his diapers in daycare. Was oh, one. there you go. That was there. a sound check <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, baby eats um, subway. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give me an example maybe of a line that you, maybe a gibberish line that you started with and what it wound up being? Oh, man. That would be hard to, hard to remember. I have all the pre-pro right here. You want to play it? Yeah. <laughs> no, or like maybe a, a notable line from the album, something that you're proud of, and tell me a little bit of how it came out. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, Ninja Turtle Time came out to uh, Ninja Turtle AU, Time. AUM. Uh, oh yeah, up here on yeah, up Universal. here on Universal Migration. Yeah, there you go. Calculated the leak of all the vitriol to get in category. It's like Ninja Turtle time, Teenage Turtle time, Ninja Turtle time. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out fives, like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, yeah. five, and it was like a really weird pattern. Um, so that helped using Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and then there was a cool part in um, what song is that in? Where like it was a break and um, and Dave, we needed something there, and what I'd written just wasn't that great. So we took a lunch break and he's like, okay, on the break, just write that part. And so I just wrote it on the lunch break and then came back and that ended up being a really cool part of the album. Did also use like a robot kind of sounding voice where I did an inhale shotgun, which I've never done, uh, and then mixed it with an exhale. So it kind of sounds like a robot uh, that Dave helped me figure out. Yeah, what that is in Drone Corpse. There you go. Yeah, that's in Drone Corpse Aviator. Yeah. So there's a little break in there and it kind of sounds robot-y. And that was a cool... Just a cool thing that we came up with that uh, that now I'm going to use all the time. Overuse. Overuse it, yeah. yeah. As soon as you get a good idea, just fucking... Do it to death. Do it to death. Yeah. I mean, Slather it all over everything. Yeah. yeah really like burn too it Too much up. mustard on your, on your subway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, scrubway. <laughs> Eat shit. <laughs> Eat shit. <laughs> Is there like a lyrical theme to the album um, that everything kind of touches on or um, are they mostly just individual Yeah, songs? the guitar solos were like really... <laughs> Like I mean, so what I tried to do with the solos when I was writing them was, uh, uh, fine, whatever. Yeah, no, it, it there's a there's a theme to the whole album and it kind of splits the two the two different like counter themes to, uh, in different songs. Um, so which was just basically again based on a dream, not about Santa Claus. Uh, but yeah, based on a dream I had, uh, and it's then, only two categories of dreams. Yeah, songs, dreams about Santa, Santa Claus, Claus and then like not. people giving birth to serpents, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, there is somebody in the comments that says uh, Derek Honkus. I remember for the nail and mix session, Dave left in the Barbara line in the files. Oh yeah. So there was a part where you were Barbara. doing Barbara. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the files. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't. I don't know what I was doing there, pretending to be some like <laughs> shitty fat husband or something. Yeah. I Barbara, <laughs> yeah. where's my biscuits? Yeah, I think that's funny because if you have the nail the mix thing, then you're just like. What the fuck is that? There's a lot of those in there for the new album, too. I kn there's one where you're like, my dad's dick is dead. Oh, yeah. I buried it in his ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I buried it in my ass. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. Uh, my dad's dick died, so I buried it in my ass. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's some good ones. Th those are more 
impactful to the writing of the album than the absolute lyrics. Yeah, the actual <laughs> those are the it's funny because no, like aside from Dean, like nobody in the band really gives a shit about the lyrics. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, cool, just just get them done. Let's figure it out. That's just fair enough. Like I don't know the scales. Right. that they're using or yeah, yeah. I don't need to know that. Just, yeah, you don't know the drum beat or whatever. Yeah. I mean, maybe. But yeah, there there is a consistent lyrical theme and uh, just started as um, having a really weird dream and then I'm trying to, you know, take that and take it in a bunch of different directions and uh, yeah, and just isolating myself and uh, going down a hole coming out with the uh, lyrics. What is the theme? So it's, I had this dream where people were giving birth to non-humans. Like it was this thing that would, give birth to like women to give birth to this thing instead. Um, and it would like bite the inside of its mouth and it would fill with gold and people could see their future in this uh, pond of gold in this serpent's mouth. So nobody, everyone just became complacent that humans were just not being born anymore. And these things were being born because it would benefit them. Uh, and I just thought that was a really weird fucking dream to have. Um, cause I was like, this isn't normal. And it was just, and everyone was totally fine with it. Uh, so, and they were called the bonnet in the dream. So, uh, yeah, so I woke up and then I was just kind of took that idea and was like, okay, what would happen to humanity, uh, if that happened? And then I was like, where do the humans go that are unborn? So like reverie on the onyx and train of incarnation, uh, are about the, humans that were never born because they got replaced. So they're in this realm where the Boanet are from. So they're sort of like a parasite that travels through different dimensions through birthing canals. So, um, so yeah, just kind of went off on a, on a fucking just a dark hole and, uh, just kind of wrote about that. And, uh, I think it, it worked for the concept, I think. And, uh, accompanies the music pretty good. Yeah. I would have had to read the lyrics a little more closely. And by that, more closely, I mean at, at all. Yeah, um, yeah. That's, <laughs> nobody reads lyrics. That's the thing. I mean, there was a really awesome dude. Uh, was it Prog Notes? He did a, uh, a recap oh. of like an explanation of all the what he thought the lyrics meant for all of our albums so far. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, really long essays on the Huge. on all the lyrics, and yeah. which is crazy that he spent that much time on my bullshit. But um, yeah. but yeah, he pretty much nailed it too. So oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he he got a lot of it. A lot of it bang on, which sort of validated like, okay, I'm not just writing total bullshit if one guy well, liked it. That's funny. I actually, I have a question on here um, that I like, that I, I don't think I've actually asked on, on the podcast yet, but I was hoping to get the chance, which is basically, do you think that people are picking up what you're putting down? Like you go into a writing process, you have intention, you have things that you, about what you do that you think are cool, of course, or a certain way that you're doing it. Do you think that in general, when people are listening to your music, that they're getting it, not just on a lyrical basis, but also the, the musically, the things that you're trying to do. Do you think that, do you think that they get it? I don't know. I mean, they like how fast it is. I, so. I mean, I think that it's something that, uh, that hopefully you pick, pick up new things as you keep listening. Like, I don't think people are putting it on and just like, oh, I get this song fucking 100%. I think, honestly, like, you listen to the music and, like, the thing that's scary about releasing an album is that you put it out and now it no longer really belongs to you. It's, like, whoever listened to it. Like, I mean, I, I love yeah. bands that I list, like, old albums I listened to, you know, 10, 15 years ago or whatever. I love them for my own reasons and that's going to be different than the people that wrote them and, and it, that's fine. That's kind of what, what music is all about. So, um, 
you know, like I have a buddy, uh, he put out several albums many years ago and he says, yeah, you know, the thing that I'm always stoked about is the endurance or the style of beat. He's a drummer style of beat I'm trying to do or whatever. And the stuff that people get really stoked on are the single bell hit that I do somewhere or one snare hit that I do in an extra spot. Oh, that part's really cool. It's like, so it doesn't, like it's it's not it's not really like you're saying are people picking up what you're putting down it's like well they're they're picking up whatever they're gonna find based on their own brain and that's like which might not be what you think is the, with the is you know the, it's the not, highlight yeah almost definitely it's not going to be because they don't know your influences they didn't they've never listened to speed rap or maybe if they have to listen to different stuff or whatever and you know or they they really love how gross this guitar part sounded or how you know how simple the bass line was here, or or maybe they don't hear it separated like that at all. They just hear this wall of noise and they like that. And that, all of that is totally different than, like, I mean, I personally don't like the bass lines at all. Oh, no, nobody uh, does. So, yeah. so none of that's for me. It's just not for me. It's not a big deal. Like, it's not for me. Recording at halftime and speeding it up is not that, really It's just good... not something I would do, personally. Yeah, I would never, yeah, exactly. I would never play, record every single note, note by note. Note by note. Yeah, like he, like he does. And... Yeah, exactly. Um, and if you watch him play, you will you could tell why. He's not so good no. at his uh, yeah. Butterfingers, we yeah. call him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, he's good. He's fine. Yes, he is. Uh, he's yeah. good. Who are we talking about? Um, <laughs> yeah, what were we talking about again? <laughs> here's, here's one. Here's one. What's something that you guys do in your songwriting that nobody else does? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know I don't, if I don't we do anything. I don't think there's anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, nobody, I don't know. Uh, it seems to me that people get really impressed when they're like, well, you write all in the same room, but it's like, well, yeah, but that's how people have been writing in bands since like the fucking forties or something. Like that's how people have been writing in bands. So yeah. that's not new. That's old. That's not new. Yeah. Um, um, it's new to write in, uh, you know, in separate places and everybody writes a song or everybody writes their guitar part or everybody writes whatever. And then they piece it all together. It's like, that's new. So, I mean, I don't think we're doing anything different. I think that we're just, focusing on creating the the music that we love to write and you know i i really when i listen to the album that we just put out it's um i'm like oh man i'm really proud of that it's not groundbreaking necessarily in any way it's just in my opinion our best music that we've ever written so i'm a fan of it so yeah definitely something i would want to put on and be like oh i'm stoked on this yeah yeah and it's you know it's uh it's just that's kind of why we do it so it's it's not it's not like we're breaking new ground necessarily. We're playing really fast, but I mean, bands have played fast ever since, you know, fucking Slayer. Well, we'll play faster, but... You but know. they were the fastest at that time. Sure. And, and they then, couldn't get faster. Yeah. And then, yeah, so someone will get... Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of people faster than us out there, but yeah, um, yeah. maybe not all t- playing together. Or I, th- I think that there's too much... A lot of the time, there's too much of an emphasis on being like completely original it's like nah, it's just you, you know we're all good musicians so we'll just do our best at writing music and we'll, we'll we won't stop until we are very very proud of it and and i that's worked out really well for us and that's i i don't know i think that's how successful musicians do it so take from your in your influences and you know like use them honestly and then you're fucking all good yeah, and write things that you that are fun to to listen to yeah you know, that, that excite you to listen to like I, I, we did that with a lot of just like kind of crowd pleaser riffs Yeah, where it wasn't super technical, but, and I think it was after touring with aborted cause they just have those like 
crazy crowd pleasing riffs. Yeah. Um, and and we were like, oh, you know, we should write some of those because they're fun. Like they're fun to play live, and uh, and it's kind of easy to lose sight of that sometimes. So it's cool to keep that in mind when you're writing. It's like, does, is this fun? To, like challenging to play, obviously. Sure. But kind of that balance of like how challenging versus how fun. Um, so you can kind of, you know, you get through the challenging part and then there's a bit of satisfaction to playing it. You're like, oh, now this is like a part where I can just enjoy what's going on. We call them dumb, the guy, part where, dumb guy riffs. Yeah. Dun-duns. <laughs> yeah, dun-duns. The part where dun-duns. Yeah. That's a kind of an ongoing um, theme in my Friday stream where I listen to people's music, the Jun Jun riff, where it's like the typical metalcore Jun 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 and then yeah, dumb guy riffs. hundred, yeah. they're great. You need a, you need some dumb guy riffs. Yeah, we have a we, well, we have one in uh, the song. Um, I can't remember which. Oh, Acrid Cannon. It's called uh, Girthworm Jim. That's a real oh, yeah. dumb guy. Riff. Girthworm Jim. Yeah, that's yeah. Re- we try. I think we tried to go as dumb guy as possible. Yeah, it was real dumb. Dun, well, dun, it's dun, the part dun, in your dun, set dun. where. The, the crowd goes from counting, they're like, and like standing real, still trying to get every, and uh, and then they, you know, and then it's 1994, like. Right. Yeah, know, Toby's dad's just fucking, fucking jumping Nirvana. up and down. Yeah, yeah. Jumping up and down, yeah. <laughs> um, so you, but you consider to a degree the whether or not a song's going to pop off live then, like in as you're writing it, sometimes you go like, all right, well, let's get this fucking crowd moving at this part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we didn't get it to do that really in person this time, but you know, usually we'll, on the way to the studio, we'll be like, "Oh, let's play six or seven shows and like tweak it or whatever." But this time, we, well, not usually. We did that last time. We were going to do that this time, but we couldn't. So we just had to kind of guess, and uh, it turned out different. Like it would have turned out differently had we played shows beforehand. We were like, "Oh, that part, you know, we should double that or whatever," because it really gives us perspective. We're like, "Oh, I think that you know, playing that live, really feeling that part." that does need to be longer, you know, because this album, we jammed the songs in their entirety less than usual. Mm. When we first started writing, we would remember all of the songs. Like our first album, we just memorized all the songs to go to the studio. Yeah. Just memorized them. So that was bad because we fucked up so much stuff in the studio. <laughs> you listen to the stems, you're like, wow, there's a lot of wrong notes. And then the second one, we're like, let's do pre-pro for four of the songs for some reason. And then the rest of them, we'll just memorize. And again, lots of fucked up notes. And then for the third album, we're like, let's do pre-pro for every single song. And that was great. Still some fucked up notes. But, uh, but this one, we're like, let's go 100% with pre-production, demo everything out really clearly. Then there's no, and tab out a lot of the stuff. Then there's not really much room for, uh, for fucked up notes. And if there uh, are any, then, uh, well, Sorry. we already have your money. So. <laughs> well, you got to tab it out so that Guitar Pro-, Pro can play the parts for you in the studio anyways. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we did get uh, Sheet Happens Publishing. Go to sheethappenspublishing.com. Use code Redeem for 15% off. We did get them <laughs> to... Um, to do the Cold tab cut combos at Subway or yeah. on Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> to tab out the album and they actually tabbed it out uh, with their transcriber. So they had a guy tab out the album. So think about that. That's not a fun job. That's a bad job. Oh, no. that guy has a bad job. I don't job. envy that guy. Speaking of bad jobs, yeah. Yeah, speaking of, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rather work at fucking Subway. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything that you've done on previous albums? that you consciously was like, or like, we are not going to do that again on this next one. Like, let's never do that again. French horn? No, it's... We did French horn did on the some... first one, and it turned out really good. Yeah, it was actually kind of cool. We, I wish we had done that more. Bring back that French horn. Let's see. We never do filler, and we continue to never do filler, as in, like, you know, 
filler is like a good, it's like a broad term for just like an instrumental part that doesn't have maybe a lot of substance, you know, synthy kind of spacey open stuff that, you know, isn't necessarily the same type of thing that we would focus a lot on uh, in comparison to like, say, a riff or a drum beat or whatever. You know, we don't do much of that. We've done a little bit of that in the past, but not really. So we continue to not do that. Uh, we try to anyway. Avoid it. No. Uh, we always say we're going to do longer guitar solos, and then I feel like we never do it. And that's probably fine. That's probably good. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear more. Nobody wants to hear more. I think this album might be our shortest. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So, But with the most songs. With the most full songs. Yeah. Yes. Eight songs is the most we've ever done. Our first album, we had seven tracks. Our second one, we had eight tracks, but one of them was like an instrumental thing that, you know, again, we're not, you know, not really going to do that again, I don't think. Maybe we will. But. Well, we also, because with like, uh, with Dark Horizontal on uh, yeah. on the last album, we were going to write two songs and then we decided to just like write an interlude in the song and make it a bit longer of a song. Yeah. Um, which we did. And then I think we would... And then this time, I think we were going to do something similar, and we decided to just make an eighth song instead yeah. of making a longer one. And then we ended up doing, you know, Ohm, which is a which is a much shorter song or a little bit shorter song, which we'd never really done before. So that was something new to this album that we didn't do before. Is just very have short, a, a very short, as fast as you can go song. We we almost always put our fastest song at the end, and so we kept doing that for this one. The last song is four hundred BPM, so it's yeah. the fast one we wrote. Three seconds song. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And it is bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's it not is. a good song. <laughs> it sucks. But, but buy it, though. Oh, yes. Yeah, buy it. Buy it's bad. It. It's bad. Though. Yeah, buy it. Buy it. So speaking of guitar solos, do you have a certain way that you go about <laughs> writing <laughs> solos? I wish I did. Yeah, I mean, I just loop it and try to come up with something. But man, it is... Uh, it's not an uplifting podcast. This this is this is us talking about how. <laughs> well, it sounds like fun. every part of your process is so punishing. <laughs> I think that I I always try to and and I I'm lucky to be in a band with a guy who not this guy who is very good at writing simple but catchy melodies. I'm okay at it and I can do okay, but I think I get caught up in my head too much sometimes, coming making it too technical or whatever. But Toby writes these really catchy melodies. He's been doing it since our first album. He'll write a catchy melody in a solo, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, that's a really cool thing. You simplified it. You just want you didn't go all out, you know, and and uh, you 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 had a really great melody. And so I'm always trying to do that. I'm like, let's let's do a really simple but really great melody. The problem with that is that our solos are so short because our music is so fast that you don't have a lot of space to build a melody and let it sort of... So it's tough. It's always, it's always a trade-off being like, okay, so I want to have a flashy part, but I also want to have really solid melody. And so it's a balance to write essentially what is a mini song inside of the song. Like a guitar solo really is like, it has a start and an end. I mean, it's like, it's a mini song that lasts eight bars or four bars or whatever. So trying to make that it's a complete thing where somebody listens to just the solo, they're like, oh, okay, I get it. So that's, a, it's a, it's a tough one to write. And, uh, and I'm always trying to go, I'm trying to go simpler, but still maintain something really cool. And I think I did that on this album a few times where I'm like, yeah, that solo, like, that one turned out really well. The solos in Dream of Incarnation turned out quite well. Those are some of my favorites that I've ever written. Yeah, those are. Those ones are cool. That song has a lot of leads yeah. in yeah. it. That's uh, a lot. So 
which is great. And I, I think everyone in the band had a bit more of an attention span too for the for those, like because a lot of the time it will be like they're developing solos and we're like ah this part's too long now though. Right. You know because we're not playing it so we're like oh it's too long. But I think that song in particular was like everyone realized like okay this is really cool to have a bit more solo time here. And I think that we have let's see Toby has a solo then I have a solo and Toby has a solo and I have a solo I have a lead and Toby has a lead at the beginning so there's like five or six sections in that song where they're like it's like 80 shred style like, yeah and I mean it's not it's not like first fragment where we're doing like lots of harmonized dual guitar stuff it's like our own little things that you know and I think it worked really well in the song that song is uh one of my favorites it starts chill and it goes really heavy and it's got some stuff we've never done before with the guitars and that's a that's a cool one what kind of stuff we put very very low heavy chuggy chords behind some melodic riffs that sounded really gross on their own but in context sound great and it's like this dun, 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 all down picked like i got toby to record that because toby's down picking is way better than mine and it's like just these like really heavy sludgy kind of chords that that add a lot of low end to the section where, you know, ever since we've been touring as a band since 2009 or 10 or whatever, we've always like been like, okay, well, we have a part where both of us sweep. Well, that doesn't sound good live because there's no low end now. The bass is doing crazy tapping. We're both sweeping. It's like, well, where's the, where's the substance to it? So we, um, so we, in the studio this time, we thought, you know what, let's just, put those guitars in and we'll figure it out later because we like to write what you'll hear live but we only have two guitar players so this one we have a harmonized part but we also have a very low chuggy riff underneath and we're just going to have to figure it out either we'll sample it or whatever or one of us will sacrifice the harmony for the solo or for the for the riff and we'll track that or whatever live but I think for this one, we just said, you know what? We've been not wanting to put in tracks live. Like we really don't put live tracks in almost ever guitars or whatever this one we're like fuck it we're just gonna put some stuff live because we want to have this composition like as it is on the album and that's gonna do uh that's gonna do a better job of getting the song across and it's gonna be way cooler so fuck it we'll yeah. just do it and it's know? never the complex part no either. you know it's not no. it's not the highlight unless it's a harmony of a solo in which case we'll have to track because that gets into the problem again of losing the low end when we go both go up high. It's like, okay, well, you know, we like to have that sort of that low end there and it becomes too thin and, you know. So, so yeah, harmonies will we'll track maybe. But for the most part, yeah, nothing complex is going to be playing through the speakers. Well, I mean, it will play complex stuff, but. At least now I've got the the headline for this. Nothing complex. Fire yeah. fucking cheaters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Including guitars and backing tracks. Yeah, right. Don't listen to yeah, them anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We already sped have up, money. Sped up like tracking. The, yeah. The, <laughs> I kind of like the pulling the rug feeling of that when you um, when you see a band live and you've got those twin guitar harmonies and suddenly it's just those over the bass, whereas in the studio it was very full sounding. I think sometimes that works really well because then it's, first of all, it's something new. It's a new version. It doesn't sound exactly like the album. Yeah. Um, and you can hear it a little bit clearer, but it also can feel a bit weak and you don't want to, you know, you're not going to bring a third guy on tour just for the one. No, ollie has so. been practicing a little bit of guitar. Yeah. Why don't you show him what you got? Yeah, I can, I can just fucking shred now oh dude it's been uh, the last what have you been practicing hearty bowl of oatmeal just <laughs> serving it up hot piping hot yeah we're gonna do the iron maiden thing yeah periphery does right. that too they have three guitar players it's like who else does well so, they can afford it that's true we can't afford a third guitar yeah. <laughs> you're already bringing a merch guy slash bus driver uh sure. yeah <laughs> yeah slash sandwich artist yeah 
Slash a sandwich artist. What slash is a sandwich. Yeah, you're gonna go on a subway career. killing spree. Yeah, <laughs> no, I thought you were talking about Slash the sandwich artist. Oh yeah, Slash. Yeah, he imagine works at if subway you go now. to Subway. Oh, wow. Okay, so okay, so get this. Get this. So imagine Slash. <laughs> oh, there he you works go. at Subway. It's me, slash. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that is it. Okay, well, it was great talking to you. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was the that you guys talking about GNR works at doing, Subway doing now. Kobe real good. Alternate reality. I put on the slash yeah. hat and it's like, oh, <laughs> this interview is over. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, I mean, I'm wondering what would what else what'll sum this up real good? I guess what's the song on the album that you guys are the most proud of, and why do you think it turned out that well as opposed to the other ones, which are trash? I don't know if we all have the same song choice yeah i don't know i think that we picked um jerome corpse uh yeah. was we picked as the first song because it's like and for our you know biggest budget video yeah just because it kind of had all of the elements of our writing style in sort of one song so um a bit more than the other ones i think but i don't think that's necessarily my favorite song no it's probably the most fun mm-hmm. yeah it's fun to play yeah, it's, it's not it's not to too crazy. There's a couple parts I'm like, whoa, that's kind of tough. But for the most part, it's like, okay, so that's more fun. I think it's pretty catchy and it's a perfect length. But I mean, in terms of like whatever song I'm most proud of, yeah, I mean, maybe Dream of Incarnation or AUM or something. But I mean, I'm not, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the cool thing is when we see fans talking about our albums, it's almost like... This album seems like a little bit more so this way is generally when somebody says, what's your favorite song on our album, then it'll be different answers. And that's a great sign. Yeah, there's not a unanimous like best song. So this one, I'm not really seeing a unanimous thing. I'm seeing the singles are that we released are are popular, but also Drain of Recognition, the Abandoned Linears, like a bunch of other tracks are also people's favorites. So it's like, oh, I think, I think that's, that's, a great, that's a great sign. So I don't know. I mean, I think we wrote the album so that every song was something we were really proud of. There was not one song where we're like, yeah, you know what, we're done. Yeah. People won't, you know, they'll like the singles and then this one will be a lull in the album. Like, I don't think there's anything like that. And that's why it took us so fucking long to write it. <laughs> so it's kind of like I'll a big no song. Filler. It's a big song. That's yeah, the album. Yeah, one, one big song. Yeah, one big, stupid, gimmicky song. One twelve. Was there anything? Foot, uh, one foot long. <laughs> yeah, song. green onions. Green <laughs> onions. Yeah, extra onions. Yeah. Do you think there's anything special about the way that Drone Corpse came together that made it sort of a, a good cross section of what your band is about? One thing that we noticed with our album Relentless is that the song that sucked the most in pre-pro turned out to be among the best when we tweaked it a little bit right before the studio. So the song Remote Tumor Seeker sucked. Toby and I went to my place and we're like, had a bottle of wine, both wore robes. No, th- we, we did do that, but nothing else <laughs> happened, I promise. So he was like, t- you know that part behind your neck? Where, no. Uh, <laughs> so he, uh, he was like, he and I worked on simplifying the riffs and making them more cohesive. And then it's like, oh, an hour of this? And then the song's way better. And I think that happened a little bit with Drone Corpse as well. It actually wasn't the best like it, it was like, okay, it was okay. And then we started tweaking a little bit closer to the studio as far as I remember. It's like, oh yeah, no, it started turn, turning out like much better. And and then for some reason that was the one that we felt the best represented our album. So it turned out better than expected. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, leaving it for a while and then coming back to it. Cause that was the second song that we wrote, I think. 
That was song number two. Yep. Yeah, I know we left it for quite a while. We left it for a long time, and then we came back to it, and 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 then we started tweaking it from there. Interesting. I think it's uh it's cool, but that there's been sort of a theme throughout these um three podcasts that we've done so far about pre-pro and the importance of it and how it seems like it it, it can really improve the entirety of uh of the song because you get a little bit of perspective on it or something you get to hear it um not as you're playing it all together as a band or whatever something like that we easily recorded the album three times before we went to the studio we recorded it once shitty and then another time when the start stuff started getting better and i was at home retracking my guitar parts and then we retract all the drums, and then we added the vocals, and then we retract uh, we tracked more of the drums, and then we retract the vocals with real lyrics. The entirety of the pre-production session was in, was including demoing stuff and sending back and forth mixes of whatever. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, we recorded the album a bunch of times uh, before it came before we actually recorded it. Which I think maybe if we were less. Like, I think some bands might think that's overkill, but I think that's the way to make a sick album. It's, that's the way to do it, is to... I mean, how, how crazy would you be like, you're, you're I'm going to go record this album, but we have no idea how it's really going to turn out. So we'll hear it for the first time recorded when we go into the studio. It's like, well, that's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, and you can't sit with any of the, you know, any of the ideas or... Yeah. And then it, your focus is now just the completion of it instead of just getting that out yeah. of the way and on the back burner and that way you can focus on nuance of different parts and experiment with different things and yeah not have to just focusing on just getting it out yeah i, I mean in the studio that's where it costs the money if you have the ability like everybody pretty much does to record at home all your demos then that's essentially you can consider that free even though it costs your time but it's like it's all investment into the product and it'll make the album better so it's kind of for us like kind of stupid not to but I don't think bands really go in without doing pre-pro anymore anyway. So maybe smaller bands where they don't understand the importance of it. But for us, it's like, you know, so integral to making a good album. That's, you know. Or making a bad one. Or making like a bad one. Like what we did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Saying this from the perspective of someone who's never written a good album in his life. Yeah. I'm sure that's a good thing to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You one would have. You guys did it. So you should. So yeah. people listening should not. Do no, not do what we do. No. Yeah, exactly. Anything that you will for sure change for the next one based on the experience? Uh, I guess Jared. Jared's um, out. Jared's out. Yeah. Toby's out. Toby is out. Toby's, well, Toby's out. back in. Toby's, yeah. Toby's, back, Toby's in. back in. Toby's out again. Uh, Jared could be back in, maybe. Jared's back in. Got to uh, pay. Pay to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's um, out. He's, he's back, but we'll let, he, we cut his pay a little bit. I think we're not going to use Dave Otero anymore. Mm, after no. all those things he said dave is out yeah he's out <laughs> <laughs> no i mean um, we're just gonna do the same thing i don't know if i can we'll yeah. do the same thing we'll probably spend longer writing it and or yeah. maybe we maybe won't spend longer tracking it maybe, maybe we'll do something different maybe the next one i think we discussed something maybe maybe we'll do something a little different yeah maybe yeah. We'll something something a little bit different like maybe what we discussed yeah recently maybe you'll let one of those pirate riffs slip into the i would say that's very unlikely that's gonna happen <laughs> We might let Toby do the art, the album artwork this time. Yeah, that's true. I think that'd be nice. Yeah, it would be good. So yeah, other than that, I think mm-hmm. that's, that's about it. That's Fuck about it. Toby's keep... doing the art. Jared's out. Jared's out. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing all the banter between songs. Jared yeah. from Subway is in. Jared oh, from Subway absolutely. is in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, He's... we're getting him. We're breaking him out of jail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Taste of his base. <laughs> well, guys, this was super fucking fun. 
best one so far for sure. Don't tell. Nice. Don't tell Brody and Hafey. Okay. Big congratulations on your album. It's amazing. Whatever, uh, you know, I'm sure at this point you're like, yeah, cool. Great. Thanks. I'm, I want to die. It was so hard to do. I'm just glad it's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We want to die. <laughs> yeah. Been, been taking vitamin D uh, every day. Still want to fucking kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> who, people who weren't involved in the making of it, it was it was worth it for us, for you to sacrifice that because it turned out great. Yeah. I like your old stuff better. Speaking of the making of it, that maybe what's maybe or maybe that's what's coming up. Maybe that's what we're maybe, maybe that's what's, tomorrow. There's maybe the, tomorrow that's coming up. Maybe the maybe it's a big, long drawn out really long long <laughs> video documentary of the making of it maybe that's what's yeah. going on maybe yeah maybe um, years who knows i'm not gonna you know sure. we can't say for yeah, sure what could be sure, uh, can't say for coming sure. out for that about this you know the words documentary may come up maybe not yeah oh wow you're changing accents <laughs> as quick as you change hats quebec to brooklyn pretty yeah. quick there that's my bit that's your I bit don't do it on this one because i because it's not about this one's not about me. The right. Friday stream is about me. Oh God! I'll about skip. look at me. Skip that oh, one. Skip. <laughs> I'll take a pass on that one. I'm just kidding. So, y'all listening, be sure to check out Bleed the Future. It's out on all the regular places. Just Google it. You know how to use Google. Sure. I was planning on pimping your your new guitar, um, your artist series from Kiesel, but it it sold out in a day. Sold out so day. congratulations on that. I you bought can't three. Get one. Yeah. There's only one available, so yeah. And you bought three, but I yeah. charged you three times. Back order, so get one. Yeah. and you have to box. I'm it on up the phone with Kiesel every fucking day. Yeah. Like, where are my guitars? Hey Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He's out a lot the of money. <laughs> he is fucked. He's in for like fucking seven G's. <laughs> um, okay. Tabs uh, for the album for anyone who wants to be as punished as you were. On sheethappens.com. Sheethappenspublishing.com. Use code Dean for 15% off. That's the one. I practiced that. Got it down. Tech Trek 5. Yeah. Tickets available now. Yeah. Featuring Entheos and Fairy and Volvodinia. That's true. And you, that's where you can buy um, merch from the band Volvodinia and not from Archspire because Archspire doesn't have any shirts that say, my pussy hurts. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. And we're working on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got a team Thank around you guys. the clock. Yeah. So much for taking the time. Thank you. Um, we are now coming up on two hours. Oh, longest wow. one yet. Holy shit. Longer is better. So thank you so much for taking the time to be on. This will be available as an audio podcast as well soon. I will hopefully see you guys when you come to LA. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I need to get caught up on Seinfeld. Absolutely. Sounds good. Yeah. We'll play Naked yeah, Gun on can, stage this time, actually. And you can make me some fucking sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for having us. Yeah, Subway buddy. footlongs. Also, stay fresh. Yep. Yeah. Eat shit. Eat shit. Sorry. Flesh. Eat flesh. Yeah. Eat flesh. Yeah. All right, guys. I will catch you all on the flippy floppy and uh, have a great evening. And I'm going to switch over to the other view and you will disappear. Goodbye. See you later, dude. Wow. That was so much fun. I wish that I could ask all the questions. This was so great. I hope this sets a precedent for how much fun they'll all be. <laughs> it's nice when when they've got the time and a good sense of humor. So thank you all for watching. If you guys got anything out of this, be sure to subscribe. How do we get Metallica on here? That's gonna be, that's the goal. That's the final goal. So this was awesome, super fun. All right, peace out, bye.